Welcome to Race Wife Unfiltered. This weekly podcast is hosted by Rachel Thornhill, who speaks about her life as a race wife and also talks to other women in the racing industry about their left turns, spin outs, and wrecks on this racetrack we call life. Well, hello, 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 and welcome back to Race Wife Unfiltered. I am your lovely host, Rachel Thornhill, and today I'm actually going to talk about a concept from a book that I've been reading called Break the Good Girl Myth. Uh, It's a book by Maho Mofino, and guys, I'm going to be real with you. This book was so eye-opening. It really showed me how much of a good girl I fell into. And to be honest, and when we say good girl, this is in quotations because this is not what you truly want to be. Um, It means pretty much somebody that's just following the rules of society just because you're not really doing it for your own reasons. Like you're not doing it to better yourself. You're just doing it because it's what you've been told all your life. Right. And so um, now, and, and when I say told by, you know, all your life, a lot of it has to do with the patriarchy now. Yes. Okay. I know some people will probably think that this is too much of a, like a feminist thing. So just warning, there is a lot of feminist stuff in this. So if you don't like that stuff, then I would not recommend listening to this episode. Okay. But Anyway, so before I get into the episode, um, like I said, I mentioned that there are feminist things that will be brought up. um, And if you don't like that, whatever, you know, this is not for you. Also, um, want to let you guys know to subscribe um, on Apple Podcasts. You know, we're on Apple, we're on Spotify, uh, we're on Stitcher, we're pretty much wherever you listen to podcasts, but I would definitely love for you guys to rate and review uh, the podcast wherever you are listening from. Um, And let's get into it. So with Break the Good Girl Myth, um, there is actually an assessment that you do in one of the chapters, okay? Um, And Personally, I had the audiobook, so it was a little bit harder for me to do it. Um, I kind of just had to write down the answers on a piece of paper as I went. Um, and then you had to add up um, each of the answers to see which myth you fall under. So there are five different myths that you could fall under, one of them being rules, the other one being perfection, logic, harmony, and sacrifice. Okay. Now I'll kind of explain what these are. So the myth of rules is where you feel you have to follow rules all the time. Like all the rules that are given to you, even, you know, as a child, okay, these are, you know, your parents tell you, these are my rules and you've got to follow them, right? But you never rebel. You were always the girl that always just did what everybody told you to do. And you never did the things that you truly wanted to do because you always did what everyone told you. Now, um, B is perfection. So it was A for rules, B for perfection, Perfection, obviously, is exactly what it is. You feel that your life has to be perfect at all times. And then you also you don't just strive for perfection. You also expect perfection from other people to the point where you're it's hard for you to live your life. Right. Because you're not able to lower your expectations. You have too high of expectations for people um, and for yourself that you cause your own burnout. You cause your own like burnout when it comes to people. 
because of all of that. Then you have C for logic. Logic is mainly where you're constantly overthinking things and overanalyzing things to where you don't really like you. You always have to like think things out so much that it can even cripple you from doing things that you want to truly do because you overthink every little thing and you can't even think about and you tend to like be fearful of failure, right? Because you're constantly worrying about the risk versus the reward and everything. Now, D is harmony. That means you're constantly wanting to make sure that everybody is okay and that you're not hurting anybody's feelings because you don't want the confrontation, right? It means that you're constantly worried about, you know, nurturing, but it's like an overabundance. It's literally overkill. And then E is sacrifice. Sacrifice has to do with you literally sacrificing everything in your life to cater to other people. Um, and also ex- and, um, a lot to do with external validation as well, where you constantly put your life on hold for other people. And, and yeah, I mean, guys, like when I tell you this book, going through this and doing that assessment, when I saw like my scores, I was shocked. So here's the thing. So A, which is rules, I got five. Okay. So first of all, there was 30 questions. Okay. So I got a five out of 30 on that. B was perfection. And I got a four out of 30. C is logic. I got eight out of 30. D is harmony. I got three out of 30 and E is sacrifice. And y'all, that was the one that I had the highest and that was nine out of 30. So logic and sacrifice are the two big ones that I really have. Now, now the thing is I had to do this assessment as where I am now on my journey in life. Now, a lot of these other ones would have been a lot higher if you would have asked me this even two years ago, okay? Because two years ago is when I really started to really change my mindset about a lot of things. So like I said, this is where I'm at now. But I can tell you right now, rules, oh, would have been a main thing like when I was a lot younger as a child. Um, I always had to follow the rules. I was like the teacher's pet. I was all that shit, right? Um, and also waiting for permission, always asking people for permission to do things like even asking my own husband for permission to do shit, knowing that I don't need to ask permission, but it was just so ingrained in me that I constantly would ask for permission, even as an adult. And I don't really do that anymore. Obviously my amount is five. I mean, it's still a little high, but it's not as bad as what it could be. Right. Logic. Yeah, the overthinking, the overanalyzing, the constant thinking about risk versus reward is something that I can like I have struggled with for so long. And I'm I know that I have to get better at it. It is something that I I'm still I still struggle with for today till today. Um where I'm constantly like, "Well, should I do that?" I don't know. And then like, I'll ask people for their opinions and I'll be like, you know, what do you, you think? I shouldn't even be asking people. I shouldn't be overthinking things because the thing is at the end of the day, everything has risk. Nothing is fully safe. You know, there's always going to be risk with everything we do. Nothing is ever 100% safe. So, why am I constantly asking for that validation from other people? Like when it comes to like, what, you know, what, what I'm going to do or, uh, or me constantly overthinking and constantly laying out pros and cons all the fucking time to the point where I'm laying out the pros and cons so much that I'm doing just all the damn research or constantly looking up stuff, but I'm never taking action. You see what I'm saying? Like, when you are so stuck in logic, you pretty much never take action because you're constantly thinking about the risk of failure to where you never want to fail. 
right? But then that also comes with the perfectionism part because your your fear of failing has to do with you wanting your life to be perfect at all times. Well, guess what? Your life can't be perfect 100% of the time. It never is. We can't be perfect. We're not perfect people at all. We're human beings. Human beings are flawed. We are. We always have been and we always will be. So our our world is not perfect either. Nothing's perfect here. Um, and so we have to be okay with that. We have to be okay with imperfections. And in order to do that, you've got to get out of your head. And so getting out of my head means getting rid of the myth of logic. So yeah, so I've got to do that. Then with harmony, harmony was low, you know, it was three, but harmony has to do with, you know, constantly wanting everybody to be okay. Like constantly not wanting to have confrontation with people because you don't want to have confrontation. Um, you're always wanting everything to be okay. Um, but then because of that, you can end up sacrificing the things that you truly want to do. So, which falls into sacrifice because if you're wanting everything to be harmony, um, with harmony, sometimes that means you have to compromise a lot, which means you might not want to do, you might not end up doing the things that you truly want to do because you've compromised so much that you've held yourself back. So it does like a lot of these myths pretty much intertwine. So with harmony, sometimes that, that means sacrifice too. And obviously sacrifice was my highest. So with sacrifice for me in my experience, I have sacrificed since I was a child. So, so as a child, I was the one that was always trying to keep the harmony in our household. I was always the one that was the helper that was always doing everything for everybody. Um, and the problem with that is, is when you are the person that is very caught up in that part of sacrifice, you tend to always put your needs last. So you're always putting other people before you. And that is the worst thing you could ever do. You're never supposed to put yourself last. You're supposed to put yourself first and then worry about other people. But that's the thing. I always put myself last. Um, and then when I became an adult, I did the same thing in relationships. I would always put my partner's needs before mine. You know, if they needed something, I, I mean, I jumped on that shit. I did whatever needed to be done. Like I was constantly the person taking orders almost in a way, but even if they weren't ordering me around, in a way, it felt like that because I always ended up feeling like below the person, beneath them, I guess you could say. Like, I always felt like the help in a way, and I never felt like an equal. Now, that doesn't mean that my partner treated me that way. It's just I felt like that because my needs were always being put last. But at the same time, I was, that was ingrained in me that my needs needed to come last for everything. You know, everybody else's needs came first. That was ingrained even as a child. I would always put my needs last or my needs were never met ever because I was always having to put other people before me. So as an adult, it made it difficult to try and unlearn that. And I still, I still haven't fully unlearned it, obviously, because I just took this assessment and, and like, I still am at a nine. So obviously I haven't fully unlearned it, um, where I need to put me first. And it's, and to be honest, um, as a mom, I'll be real. A lot of, a lot of you out there will probably get sacrificed too, because, we're always told as mothers that we need to put our kids first before anybody, right? And I get it. I get why I get why that that's told to us because yes, we are supposed to do for our kids and we're supposed to put our kids, you know, 
as a major priority, but that does not mean that you don't take care of yourself and you let your health dwindle because you need to take care of your kids, right? We Because you have to think of it in this way. If your needs are not met, nobody else's needs needs are met in the in the home. Because if you are down, who who take who takes care of you, right? A lot of times that doesn't always happen. A lot of times, depending on what your household dynamic is, nobody takes care of you, right? You take care of yourself, and you're supposed to take care of everybody else too. Well, guess what? It can't be that way. You've got to take care of you first. You don't want to get ill, right? Like that's the first thing that a lot of us moms always think about is like, man, I can't be sick. I can't be sick because what's going to happen if my house goes to shit, the household goes to shit, right? We we think like that. A lot of us think like that. Well, that's the problem. We shouldn't have to think that way, right? We shouldn't have to feel like everything's going to go to shit if we get sick or 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 if we're not able to do the dishes for a couple of days that nobody else is going to pick up the slack. Like we shouldn't have to feel like that. So that's why I feel like a lot of moms really need to hear this because unfortunately it's been ingrained in us that that's all we are. It's like we're just these we're just these women that are supposed to like have pop out babies in in and be housewives. And that's not what we are. We are women at the, you know, at the end of the day and at the beginning of the day. And we are individuals. It's like we've lost our identities to being just mothers and wives and nothing else or partners, I should say, because some, you know, some mothers are not married, but that's all we're considered. And we're just considered that. And then we're supposed to be almost like treated like an like we're inferior to men. And that's not what we are. We are supposed to be equals, if not treated with a higher standard than men. Because guess what? We're the ones that give birth. We're the ones that give life. We're the ones that give life to everyone. Without women, there is no life. And yes, sure, it does. Of course, it does take, um, you know, a man's semen to to help create a baby. But we're the ones that carry a baby for nine months. They don't have to do anything after that. Yeah, sure. They should take care of you. But I mean, but the thing is, physically speaking, they don't take on the burden of carrying a child for nine months. Right. So we should be held to a way higher standard, which means that. That doesn't mean that I feel we need to be worshipped. No, that's not that's not what I'm saying. But I feel that we do need to be held to a higher standard in society. And unfortunately, we don't get held to that. You know, on that on that level, we're actually look we're actually demonized a lot of the time and looked down upon. And I'll be honest, you hear a lot of that in this book about how we are treated. Um, as women. Now, of course, she does go into um, not just women. She also talks about uh, non-binary, also um, any any person that has a uterus, because obviously, um, you know, that gets into pronouns and and things like that. And I'm I won't really touch on that because the my podcast is about people that identify as women. Um, and so, you know, anybody else that falls into those other categories, I mean, if you're listening, thank you. Um, but what I am talking about is the experience of actual, of people that identify as women and have uteruses. Okay. So, um, anyway, back, back to what I was saying, because of the way that we are, um, treated in society, we need to be held to a better standard than what we are today. Um, 
Now, can I say that we've come a long way? Absolutely. We have come a long way from where it used to be. Because, I mean, you know, compared to like the 1950s and now, even up to the 1970s when women couldn't even get a bank account or a credit card in their own name without a man doing it, like co-signing for them, right? Um, Yeah, we've come a long way. But... Even so, there's still issues when it comes to women, their, you know, women's rights and things like that. And obviously I won't go into all of that, but this shows you that the patriarchy is the reason behind our belief system, because it is the patriarchy is literally our societal system. Okay. No matter how you want, how you want to word it, how you, how you want to think about it. And, and if y'all want to call me some woke feminist bitch, whatever, I don't care. But the point is, it is our societal system. All right. No matter how you see it. Okay. Men are held to a higher standard than women are when it comes to certain things in society. I mean, it's the truth. And honestly, I have, I have, I have experienced it myself being a woman in a, in male dominated industries in the corporate world, you deal with patriarchal bullshit. You really do. And, um, where you have men mansplaining shit to you, or they treat you as inferior because they just think that you don't know any better than them. And you might actually know more than them but they automatically assume you don't because you're a woman. Oh yeah. Like I've dealt with it for a very long time. Or even when it comes to like, um, like ageism, because like, and when I say ageism, I'm not talking about like where, so like I'm older than somebody. And so like, you know, like they treat, you know, not getting hired because I was older or something like that. no, Like I've had it in the reverse way where I've been younger and been a manager over people older than me and they have a serious problem with it. Like, and also where I've been a manager and I've been um, like over men and they've had problems with it because they felt that, oh, well, I'm older than her and and I'm a man, so she shouldn't be my manager. Like I've had that happen. Um, And I was a lot younger um, than them, literally like they were old enough to be my parents. Right. Um, and I've had to deal with that in, in multiple industries over the years, because you guys have to understand I've been in the corporate world since I was 19. Um, at 19, I worked for a fortune 500 company and I was over, um, an accounting department, part of an, part of the accounting department there. And I'm, I'll tell you, you deal with it on a regular basis. <laughs> um, and then I, when I worked, um, as a manager for our call center, that is where I really had the problem with the whole ageism thing, because I was, you know, I was what, tw- even though that's not even what happened, you know, obviously I have a lot, I, I have moral standards, right? Um, I did not sleep with anybody to get my position, but they literally accused me of that because of the fact that I had moved up so fast in the company and they had been there for years and they didn't move up as quickly as I did. So they accused me of possibly sleeping with uh, the previous manager, first of all, who was married, (laughs) had kids, and I didn't do that. So I was like, no, like, I got my job fair and square. I was recommended because I had the experience that they were looking for. So, you know, but anyway, there there was so many things that I had to deal with um, working in industries like that, especially where um, I either had to manage men or, um, you know, just work in a male dominated industry, period. You know, there are things that are said to you sometimes that are very offensive. There are, uh, you know, all of it kind of things like where they just think that you don't know what you're talking about. Um, But, you know, 
just because I'm a woman doesn't mean that I don't know what I'm talking about, that I don't understand the industry and I don't understand what things are, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've dealt with that quite a bit in the corporate world. And then, you know, trying to be a mother on top of being in the corporate world really made it hard because it's like, I'll, I'll be honest, there was one time I actually interviewed for a job and I didn't get the job. But anyway, I interviewed for a job and it was a woman actually. And she was the manager and she turned me down because of my age, because she told me that, well, um, you know, you're probably going to have more children and um, we can't deal with that. Pretty much saying that, like, because you're going to be having kids that we don't want you. Um, And like, that's ridiculous. Like, how are you going to discriminate against me because of the fact that I have a child already, but you were okay with that one child. But the fact that I was a certain age, you assumed that I was going to be having more kids, you know, like, Hmm, that that makes no sense because you don't know what my lifestyle was like. Like she didn't know if I was going to be having more children or not. Now, granted, I did end up having another child three years later, you know, um, because my my kids are three years apart. But it's it's the fact that, you know, that was my personal business. Um, And yeah, I get that it can affect Uh, companies, you know, when it comes to like maternity leaves and things like that. But that's not the point. And even so, let's just be real. The your the the, like our uh sorry guys. Yeah, I messed up on that one. The US has the shittiest maternity leave ever out of like all countries because we don't even give women enough time to recover from having, from giving birth to go back to work. I'll be honest, six weeks and then not paid most of the time is bullshit. Like that makes no sense. Um, and let's be real. Six weeks sometimes isn't even enough. Now I know in Canada, it's like one year paid maternity leave. And supposedly, and guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but supposedly the dads get paternal leave. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, I wish it was like that here because my husband did not get any type of leave whenever I whenever I uh, gave birth to my youngest daughter. Shit, he wasn't even there when I gave birth. I was in the hospital by myself because they wouldn't t- let him take off of work because I was literally like I was having contractions and I literally had to go to a hospital by myself and I had to give birth by myself. My husband was not there and it sucked because it's like, man, you know, like he missed out on the birth of his kid because mm, they were like, no, you have to work. Even though your, your wife's literally in the hospital about to give birth. Like, of course, he doesn't work for that company anymore, but it's the it's the fact that like he they didn't care, like they didn't care that, you know, his kid was about to be born. Nothing like uh, it. it, And this y'all, all of this stems from this patriarchal mindset that like, oh, the dad doesn't have to be there. Like, ain't no big deal. She don't want to give him birth. Like, you know, that's her thing. Why should he not be there for the birth of his own child? Like, why do you feel that that's not important? So it's not just us that actually um, suffer from the patriarchal mindset. It's men too. Um, Because they are also treated in a way where, like, okay, for example, Women tend to, and girls, girls too, tend to be coddled when it comes to a lot of things. Like people try to like constantly, almost like infantilize us 
for a lot for a lot of things or, or like or we're told like we don't know those things or we're constantly told oh well when are you gonna have babies or when are you gonna get married or when are you gonna do this because it's like it's been like almost ingrained that we're supposed to become housewives and have babies and that's it we're not supposed to do anything else we're supposed to just find a good husband get married and have children like that's not what everybody wants. There are some women that don't want to have children. There are some women that never want to get married. There's some women that don't want to do any of that. They just want to have dogs or cats or whatever, you know, and travel the world. And they don't want to have that responsibility. But the thing is, is it's so ingrained that like we, you constantly have people asking you about it and it's bullshit. Like, it's my fucking business. What I want to do with my life, leave me the fuck alone. But that's the problem. Like you've got so many people in your fucking business all the time. Oh, well, when are you going to have kids or when are you going to do this? Why does it matter when I'm going to have kids or when I'm going to do that? Or if I'm even going to do that, but see that that's the problem. But see, it even happens with men too. Like men are constantly not coddled. Like they're expected to not have feelings when it comes to things. They're expected to just bottle shit in oh, you're a man, stop being a fucking pussy, you know, that type shit, you know? And all of that stems from the same societal norms. And that I think that's where a lot of people misconstrue um, the whole patriarchy thing and this and that. It's the fact that there shouldn't be any fucking rules, period, for anybody's life, and we should be able to live our lives the way we want. We shouldn't have to have any societal bullshit telling us, oh, you've got to get married and have fucking kids and you've got to do this and you've got to live that suburbia white picket fence life. No, not everybody wants that shit. And the fact that we are pushed into that from the very beginning um, and and this is a multi-generational thing, right? This is not something that was just brought upon us. This is something that's been going on forever. Our grandparents, our grandparents, our and, and our grandparents, our great-grandparents, our great-great-grandparents, for the most part, unless unless um you come from a different culture, right? Because some of our some of our Grandparents so many times removed are immigrants, right? Um, So it really depends on how you were brought up. But a lot of them are brought up with that mentality. Oh, you need to you need to find you a husband. You need to get married. You you know you need to you need to have kids. Blah blah blah. And nobody cares about if you want a career. Nobody cares about if you want this or that. You know, some of them be like, oh, you need to go to a good college and stuff like that, and you need to. You need to um, get a good job. But then guess what? A lot of times you have to give up that good job just to be able to have a family. But that's the problem. Women are expected to sacrifice their careers for their families, but men are not expected to. And that's the issue. See, men can constantly keep moving up that corporate ladder if they want. But a lot of times women will get turned down for that because they're like, oh, well, you are probably going to be having a family soon. So, uh, you're not going to really have time to do that because you're going to have kids and you're going to have to be going to appointments and doing all this other stuff and extracurricular activities and stuff. And so you're not going to have time to be senior management, you know, Oh no, you're going to be turned down for that VP, that VP position because, Oh, we need somebody that can work all hours and you can't do that. But then see the men are expected to do that and miss out on their families. So you see what I'm saying? Because, oh, no, the wife can handle all that shit. But that's what I'm saying. Like, y'all, like, it affects everybody. Um, It doesn't just affect us. But, yeah, trust me, we get the brunt of it. You know, women get the brunt of it. But, you know, men get affected by it, too. And I don't and I don't think I don't think we talk about that enough. But as I mentioned, this podcast is more for women, not men. But I'm sure there are probably some men that listen to my podcast, too. And so I did want to mention that. But I'm telling y'all, like, if you haven't read this book yet or you've never even heard of it, I highly recommend it because, like, when I went through this and I'm telling you, like, it was as if, like, 
Moho was in my damn mind. Like she read my whole damn mind. Like everything that she talked about. I'm like, holy shit. This is so true. But like, you know, especially right now with our political climate, you know, and and I'm not going to get a ton into politics because y'all know that is something that I don't really like to talk about because people get stupid. People get stupid on both sides of the spectrum. Okay. And I am middle of the road. When I say middle of the road, I'm middle of the road. I don't pick, but I don't pick either side. I am not left wing. I am not right wing. I am not far left. I'm not far right. I am straight dab in the fucking middle because there are some things that I'm progressive about and there's some things I'm not progressive about. So, you know, and, and that's honestly, that's pretty much how it should be. Use discernment people, but that, that, that's as far as I'll get into that. But because of our political climate right now, you know, you got so many people fucking at each other's fucking throats over politics and about, oh, you know, these people are fucking woke feminist, blah, blah, blah. These people are not, you know, these people are fucking stupid conservatives, blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? Like people, people get stupid about all that. All right. I'm neither one. I'm neither a conservative I'm neither conservative nor progressive. I'm like I said, I'm middle of the road. I won't even label myself a libertarian anymore because the libertarian party, I'll be honest with y'all can go suck a dick sometimes because they tend to flip flop all the fucking time and they don't know where the fuck they want to be. So I would say I'm more mod, like moderate, like literally in the middle, central middle, not, I'm not, I, I don't fall on a, literally on a spectrum. Like I don't, I'm, I'm neither left or right. I like, I'm not going to pick a side because to be honest, that's just division within itself. And we don't need to have more division in this country, period. And that's part of the problem. Political shit is all a fucking, this is a diversion y'all like, but I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> let's just, let's just stop that shit right now. But anyway, that because of that, a lot of words that are used, get misconstrued, taken out of context, everything. And people, when they hear the word, they want to, they literally want to just shut your ass up and they don't want to hear nothing. Right. Because if I say the word patriarchy, or if I say the word feminist, or if I say anything like that, People don't want to fucking hear me. They automatically want to shut me out. Well, that's why I told, that's why I said it at the very beginning, because I knew that if I would have went into this, there would have been certain people that once I would have said those words, they would have cut the podcast off. They would have been like, fuck this bitch. I'm not hearing her. I'm out. Okay. Because I know that there are certain people that listen to my podcast that are conservatives. Okay. I, I know. Because let's be real, a lot of people in the racing community, and I'm not trying to do this to stereotype, but a lot are Christians and conservatives, you know, conservative Christians. And and it's just real. It's just the big, a big part of the racing community demographic. Okay. But I am not a Christian and I'm not a conservative. So I am trying to, but I'm also not a progressive. Like I'm not left. I'm not left leaning. Um, and I'm not, um, you know, I'm, I don't fall on the left side of the spectrum either. So, um, and you know, like I said, most of them are conservative Republican voters and Christians, right? And then you've got the other side, which is mainly Democrat, you know, not, and some are Christians, like for real, like I'm not, I'm not saying that all Democrats are not, I mean, a lot of Democrats are, I mean, a lot of them are Christians. And then you have, um, you know, they have more progressive views. So like I said, I'm neither one, but you also don't hear that side of it either. You don't hear the left, the left leaning people in the racing community. You don't, um, let's just, I I mean, I'm just being real. The racing community is mainly dominated by Republican conservative Christians. 
and and it it's been like that for a, for a long a long time. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. But the thing is, in order for a motorsports community to be diverse and inclusive, you have to include people that don't think that way either. Um, and so you do have some people that are more left leaning that are into motorsports as well, but they tend to not really talk about things like when it comes to that. Um, I know NASCAR is trying to be more inclusive and diverse and stuff. And obviously like the things that happen like with Bubba Wallace and stuff, and I won't really go all into that, but obviously there was a lot of NASCAR fans and a lot, um, of even fans in other communities that had problems with that. They were like saying, oh, NASCAR's just trying to make this all about race and stuff. It ain't about race, blah, blah, blah. But y'all have to understand like the stigma and stereotypes that have been put upon the racing community for a very long time. That the racing community is racist, that the racing community is just, you know, uh, is just practically like, I mean, I'll be real. A lot of people think that the racing community is just full of a lot of white nationalists. I mean, and, and that doesn't mean that there aren't any in the community. Right. I mean, because you just never know, you know, what people are in the community. That doesn't mean, you know, they're not the majority, but the thing is because of that, a lot of people assume that, there are a lot of conservatives in there. You know, it mainly is made of conservatives in the racing community and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just that because of that, a lot of people with other views and thoughts feel it's not safe to be in that community. And because of that, I think that's where we need to have change And that's why I'm also bringing this up because, you know, it all ties in like for women in the racing community, obviously we have different views on things than men in the racing community do. Right. And women in the racing community are very underrepresented. Now, That, of course, has to do with what? Diversity and inclusion. Now, because of that, now you're seeing it in NASCAR. You're seeing it. Like, you've got Tony. Oh, gosh, her last name. Uh, It begins with a B, y'all. I don't know how to say her last name. But anyway, like, she's the first Arab, like, Muslim woman to be um, in NASCAR, right? That's amazing, you know, because number one, you're talking about a totally different religion. And number two, she's obviously a person of color, you know, a woman of color. And um, she's Middle Eastern, which you don't have that. But also the fact that she is Muslim, that that's a huge thing, because you think about it. What, like I mentioned, you mainly have Christian people that are into NASCAR. You don't really have people of, I would, I should say, of other Abrahamic religions that are into NASCAR. So, like, Muslim, yeah, I mean, you don't hear about it. Jewish, maybe. Like, I don't know. But Abrahamic obviously means Christians, Muslims, and, um, and Jewish people that... That's it. Now, other people outside of that, other religions, I can't speak on that. Um, but obviously, you have me. I'm not a part of e- either of the three Abrahamic religions. Um, and I'm in, in it. But yes, I used to be a Christian. I used to a long time ago. Okay. But anyway, I'm not anymore. But, and that, of course, that's my own choice. But that's what I'm saying. Like, you don't really know that about people. You don't, you're, most people just assume, most people assume that, oh, if you're into NASCAR, you're, you're that demographic because that's the majority. But the thing is, I want to be one of those people 
that brings up the minority of these racing communities. Because, yes, the majority is going to be, and let's just be real, y'all. Like, I'm not being racist. I'm not. But the majority of people in the racing community are white, conservative, Republican people. It's just it's just a fact. And they're Christians. I'm sorry. And then they're Christian. We're just being real. Okay. We're, let's just let's just be real with each other. That's literally what we've got in that community. Is the, the majority. So when you get people that fall outside of that. Then you start to kind of pick apart. Okay. So let's say you've got somebody like me. Obviously I am. I'm Creole. But I would be considered black. Right. With, you know, whenever we cover these this basis. So obviously I'm not white, so I'm black. OK, well, more than likely. Oh, she's probably conservative. No. Nope. OK, so she's not that. Well, but that's assumed. Right. People are going to assume that I am. Oh, well, she must be, you know, she's obviously a Republican and she re- she votes Republican. No, I'm not. I'm not listed as Republican. I'm actually listed as independent. Uh, well, I was liber- I was listed as libertarian, but now I'm considered independent because unfortunately I didn't know what else to go with. Um, so, oh no, that, so she's not that. And then she's not progressive. She's not conservative. So she must be progressive. No, nope, not progressive either. I'm in between. And then, so, oh, well, then she must be a Christian. So, see, that's what they'll automatically assume. But then if but then if I say, no, I'm not a Christian, that leaves no, that just leaves us with racing. You see what I'm saying? Like, I don't fall into the other demogra- the demographic. So then it just leaves me with racing, right? So that's what I'm trying to explain. The racing community is diverse, but you just don't, hear about the diversity of it. You only hear about the majority of the people in the racing community. And because of that, that's why I think NASCAR is trying to bring in more inclusion, but you don't really see it. Like I want to see more of, of it with them, but I want to see more of it in all aspects and you're starting to, but you don't see a lot of women in other in other uh, sports that get that representation, they get the TV time, they get all of it. You see what I'm saying? Like more people need to know, you know, NHRA does a pretty decent job with the women that are there. Um, You know, but you, you know, I don't know enough about F1, so I can't tell you anything. Um, I'm hoping, I know that there are women that are like in F2 and F3 for sure, but I don't know much about F1 to really talk about it. But on the dirt side, locally, yeah. But on like World of Outlaws level, nope. Women just aren't there. Like, yeah, you might, I mean, you don't even know who the race wives are. The only race wife you know on on the dirt side is... Kyle Larson's wife, because she makes herself known. And and also Samantha Bush, you know, uh, Kyle Bush's wife, because obviously Kyle runs some dirt stuff, too. Um, But that's it. Like, y'all, like, we need to be more represented on that side, especially the dirt side. Like, people don't know us. People don't know shit about us. Like, dirt track wives are so like not known and it and it sucks because to be honest like just the dirt track side period is so underrepresented like dirt track the dirt track stuff doesn't get the tv time like they don't they're not nationally syndicated like you you're only going to see dirt track stuff on flow and dirt vision and that's pretty much it and oh and um and like mav mav tv and stuff but yeah that's it like and those are not all seen like by everyone like dirt vision and flow obviously you have to subscribe to that um 
And then what Mav, I know for us, we have access to Mav through our Samsung TV. Like it's in like a free channel, but I don't know like about like anybody else. I mean, I'm guessing it might be like a subscriber thing, but we, we get access to it that way. But, um, but yeah, like, and I know this kind of went off base, but I, I wanted to kind of tell you guys how this tied in to what I feel the racing community is going through too, is that like, you know, us women with the whole patriarchy societal norm, um, we tend to be hidden in our husbands or partners, I should say, because some of us are not married. So I get that, um, in our partner's shadows. And we tend to not, we tend to be like, kind of like, number two, right? Like we tend to not really be equal on that. And it's like the only time we see a race wife possibly is for a short glimpse if their husband ends up making podium, right? And I hate that because they like race wives are in it. They are fucking in it 24-7 behind the scenes doing everything. Whether it whether it's you know, helping turn fucking wrenches because they don't have a pit crew like like I do with my husband or, um, you know, making sure that we get to the races on time, making sure that everything's good to go for us to go, you know, like everything, you know, helping helping unload the car, helping, you know, put shit together, you know, helping put help him put gear on at, you know, before he goes out on the track. Like I do all of that. And I know there's a lot of other wives that do the same thing. And so I feel like we all need to be represented in some way. And that's why I was like, man, like y'all, I recommend this book so much because it really makes you open your eyes to a lot of the bullshit that we tell ourselves and a lot of the shit that we end up doing just because we're told to do it as a society. Like, fuck that, man. Like, we don't need to follow societal norms. Like, we need to be us. And being us, if normally, is totally against societal norms. Like, live your life for you and your fucking family. And that's it. Like, don't live your life for other people that don't give a fuck about you or might not even know you exist. Like, we create our own realities. And our realities, like I said, because it's created by us, we need to be the ones running this shit. We need to be the ones, like okay, this is what I'm fucking doing and I don't give a fuck what anybody else thinks. But that's the problem. Like we tend to be, we tend to try and fit the societal box, but we know we can't. Now, and the thing is, and obviously being a neurodivergent person, we are already outside that fucking box, right? But then we're trying to be stuffed into the box with societal norms, right? And it's, that's just hard. And that's where masking comes into place because I have to mask to be able to not, to be able to try and fit into fucking society. But y'all, I'm done. I'm tired. Fucking done with it. Ain't doing it no more. Guess what? I'm not fucking holding back for shit. That's why I started this podcast. That's why I'm doing these things out of the norm. This is why I'm going to be going on other people's podcasts. That's why I'm doing this shit is because I'm done. I'm fucking done with the, like, literally down with the patriarchy. Fuck the patriarchy. Yeah, I will fucking say it because it has what create, it has, it is the thing that has created this shit. It's created people being burnt out on societal norms because of the fact that guess what? societal norms was created by it and we don't want that shit no more if you've noticed just in the past two years with COVID a lot of shit has gone down and that's because a lot of that shit in the patriarchal system is falling apart and we're seeing it in real time and that is why so many people are coming out and and doing and becoming creators on YouTube doing all different kind of shit like in saying fuck the nine to five 
fuck, fuck the corporate world is because that is structured on patriarchal system and people don't want it anymore. People are burnt out. People are tired of all that shit. And it's true. Like a lot of people are, you know, but a lot of us do it because we need a fucking paycheck and we have to keep a roof over our heads and keep a roof over our, our family's heads. Right. And we, we got to do what we got to do. But, um, yeah, that that's exactly why most of us do it. It's not that we want to is that we feel we've got no choice because it's like either that or we've got to start our own businesses. And some people like don't want to take that risk because they feel because it is a major risk to become an entrepreneur. But a lot of people don't want to do it. You know, they rather just work for somebody until they die, like literally work for, for somebody and retire. And, and that's OK. If that's your truth and that's what you truly want to do, that's fine. But for me, that's not me. Like y'all like 40, I'm the fuck out. I'm like, I'm giving myself till 40 to get the fuck out of the corporate world. Like I'm done. I've been in the corporate world since, since I was 18, 19 years old. I'm done y'all. Like I've been done. And, um, that's why I'm doing this. That's, this is what's going to get me to retire from the corporate world. Okay. So Yeah. I mean, and I want you guys to have that too. If that is your dream, I want you to just have the confidence period to do what the fuck you want to do. So that is why I brought this book up and the concept behind this book, because I'm telling you, y'all, like I'm telling you, it pumped me the fuck up when I read this book, like it pumped me up. I couldn't stop. Like, and honestly, I listened to it as an audio book, um, and I will go ahead and mention Hoopla. Hoopla, a lot of people can get this through their local library and it's free. Um, it, it's included with like my library card and everything. And so I listen to a lot of audiobooks on there. And, um, and y'all, this is not like a sponsored ad. I'm not getting paid for this, but I'm just telling you. Um, so you can listen to audiobooks for free. Now, they are limited. Like, you're not going to have a ton of books that you can listen to. There's still a lot, but like, it's it's more limited than Audible, right? Like, there's a lot of books that are on Audible that you're not going to find on Hoopla. Um, so just just putting that out there. Um, so if you're into audiobooks, you might need both because there's going to be books that you'll find on Audible that you will not find on Hoopla. Um, so anyway, um, so yeah, guys, check that out. If you, you know, if your library does offer Hoopla or even if they offer some other platform that gives you audiobooks, because, um, I don't listen to audiobooks all the time, but certain things I will listen to, listen to. Um, instead of reading it physically as text, um, but not not everything. But yeah, guys. So that's it. Um, thank you for staying. I know this was a long episode, but I I, I mean I so appreciate if you stayed the whole entire time. Um, and and yeah, I want to hear your thoughts about about this, or if you've read the book, um, because. Y'all, like, I love reading books like this. Like, not not just this Break the Good Girl Myth book, but I'm talking about, like, I just love reading, like, self-development books, period. Um, That's something that I do all the time. So I'm willing to even do more episodes, like, where I, like, talk about books that I've read and, you know, how they've helped me um, with my life. And also, like, guys, it if you want to do like some type of book club or something, let me know. Like I love, like I would love to be in a book club, but all the book clubs that I've ever been in, they always, like people quit and like it never, it never, it never goes anywhere. And I would love to do one, like actually create one. So like, if that's something that you guys are interested in, like a self-development, like book club type thing, um, I'd love to do one. Like I literally would love to do one. And like, it wouldn't just be, it wouldn't just be where we meet to do like book club stuff, like just read a book and talk about it. Like there'd be more to it. Okay. So like we would do like other things as well. Like there would be like almost like, like life coaching calls on top of it. And because actually I'm, I'm actually working on my life coaching certification. So um, you know, as a mindset and manifestation coach. So 
I would love to be able to do that with you guys if that would be something you guys would be interested in. So yeah, let me know um, if that's something y'all would like to do. But anyway, also, you know, guys, like I mentioned at the beginning, please, you know, follow the podcast, subscribe wherever wherever you listen to podcasts. Please rate and review. Um, if you can, you can rate on Spotify and you can rate and review on Apple. So uh, that's it for me, guys. And I will see you guys next Thursday. Take care.